Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. I also wanted to share one more testimony before we get started. Uh, Mark, would you come up? Where is him? There he is. Come on. Y'all welcome Mark as he comes. Thank you. Do you, do you uh, ever notice the subtleties between knowing something and realizing something? A year ago, it was my first visit to uh, Bethel Atlanta, November 11th, 2018. And I knew something special had happened. But it wasn't until about a month later that I realized I hadn't had a migraine in a while. And then in January this year, I realized that I hadn't had a migraine in two months. And then in February, three months. And then as the year continued, my strength was returning and my medicine was cut in half and in half and in half and half again. I'm almost off of it. And so that was unusual for me. The last couple of years, I was receiving migraines on uh, about a four, one every four to six weeks. And then the last several years, they picked up well, in intensity and frequency. And then God pulled me to Bethel Atlanta a year ago, November 11th, 2018. And the morning was actually pretty similar to this morning. It was brisk, and uh, there were hawks circling. Their geese were in the pond. And w- during the message when uh, they mentioned the Holy Spirit, sun rays parted the clouds and came over us. At the end of the service, they uh, had a calling for prayer. And uh, I decided to, to walk up. They said, anyone who needs healing, come on up. And I walked up, and the prayer started, do you believe or do you know that God wants you to be healthy. (laughs) And in that moment, I realized I was focusing more on my ailment than on God's power and supernatural abilities. And that moment has changed my life in several ways. The first is I pray in affirmations primarily. And the second is I haven't received the migraine in a year now. If you could imagine the quality of my life has improved (laughs) dramatically. My family and I are so thankful, grateful for Bethel Atlanta, for the community, and everyone who said yes to make it happen. And so I want to encourage you this morning to say yes when God calls you to do something, to say yes to that pulling, to that heartstring. And I want to give you a personal invitation. The next time they call for prayer after a service, no matter what's going on in your life, come up and receive your blessing. Thank you. Good job. So Kirby, where are you? Kirby? Stand up, Kirby. If you're, and if you're on the prayer team, would you stand up? If you're on the after-service prayer team, just stand up if you serve in that area. So I want to say thank you to all you for serve. It, isn't it wonderful that the Lord is uh, changing his church? Part of her becoming a bride is in the 50s, it was just the one healing evangelist, that man or woman that would come to town. And now the Lord is saying, all can heal. All can pray the prayer of faith. And, and so I thank you for your obedience, for all of you that are coming. So I want to, uh, I just have one of those sermons where the Lord's not giving me an a, a to Z and it makes me nervous because I'm kind of an A to Z kind of guy. 
so you'll just uh, be with me. But I, what the Lord has been doing lately is um, just asking the gospel to grow inside of me. And before we go into that, uh, Vanessa, would you come up? The Lord's just been asking me to go back into worship before I preach a little bit. So would you guys, we're becoming a people that can worship at any time. There's, there's a new song in my heart at any moment. And so I want us to be a people where I can pull and ask the Lord for a new song any moment at any time, or we can just go into praise. So we're just going to go back into praise. As we were singing that song about water rising, my favorite piece of art is this. Uh, it's, a, it's a light blue watercolor. And it's a young lady with her head held back. And there's a wave just over her. And you can't really tell, but there's a couple of little, little water air pockets where you can just barely tell she's underwater. She's being submerged under the presence of the king. The water level is rising. And so um, we never know where these will go, but let's just... Uh, why don't you get us started, Vanessa, and we'll just sing together for a minute. I know this is unusual for some if you're a first-timer, but we just ask the presence of the King to continue to rise in worship as we go. We love you, Jesus. We, we you praise Jesus. you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. In the morning I rise with a new song There's for my King. There's a new song on my heart, Lord. In the morning when There's I rise, I rise with a new heart, song Lord. for my King. You are worthy. Worthy, worthy God. Worthy, name, worthy God. Lord. You are worthy, Lord. Holy God. And you are holy, holy God. God. Our hearts Mighty overflow with love for you. the Lord our God. And worthy. Worthy God. Worthy to be praised. All sufficient King. You are mighty. All sufficient King you Jesus. You are mighty. All sufficient oh, King Jesus. Oh, All sufficient King Jesus. You inhabit oh, our praise. You oh, inhabit our praise. All oh, sufficient King. Oh, All sufficient You can have it all, you can have it all, King Jesus. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There is no one like you. Worthy, worthy, 
Staying up here, we'll just see where this goes, okay? If you need to catch it. So I've been, there's been a, a call and the Lord's been, you know how he whispers in your ear or there's a string that's being pulled or there's a coach that keeps calling a play and, and there's a call he says, I want to build this in your life and it, it needs to be there. And there's a conviction personally, like it's not there. I want to build it in your life and I want it to be part of your church. And I, I want the people of your church to carry this. You know, we've got these things that we're carrying as a church that we care about and we're proclaiming and we're becoming what we're proclaiming. And we're a, a people that are preeminently about his presence and radical in worship. A people that have our ears inclined to hear his voice. And John, it says, my sheep hear my voice. We love this moment because there's purity, there's unity, there's family. Often we sense his presence. I love this moment because I feel I hear him easy here. Where people hear his voice and radically run to obey when we hear him. And you're becoming a people of generosity. A people who can prophesy. Who are inclined to the supernatural. Who are used to praying for the sick and seeing them healed. You're becoming that people. But there's a whisper in my ears, add to this, add to this, add to this. I want you to be a soul winner. I want you to live the gospel. I want the God, when people cut you, to, they get the gospel. I want you to be that person. I want it to be on your lips like the song of praise is on your lips. And it's not just been weeks, but it's been months and even a few years. I want you to be this. And he's putting me around people who are becoming that. I say, well, how do you do that, Lord? Let's let the gospel get bigger inside of us. And my prayer lately is, Lord, I want the gospel to grow inside of me. I want it to get bigger inside of me. Well, how does that happen? Some of it's gratitude. Some of it's just being grateful. Gratitude is this amazing virtue. It's the gateway virtue. It's a virtue that hundreds of others can follow it through the door. I sent greetings from Joe and Becky Burgess. Got to see them this week. And Becky reminded me of a message I preached back in the ABC building about thankfulness and gratitude and encouraged people to start writing down what they're grateful for and wondered if anyone could reach a thousand things they're grateful for. I didn't do my own message. I never got close to a thousand. But Becky went home and got this big poster and she and her seven or eight or nine kids or however many they have started writing on this huge 
banner. And they thankful, thankful. And they began to fill up the banner as a family. Makes your heart warm when people go do your message, right? Makes it worth the effort. She told me on Wednesday that process changed their family's life and marked this crazy journey they're on where they are as a family reigning in life. So Lord, I was trying to be more thankful for the gospel and to come with the simplicity of a child. I read this statement. A father explained the gospel to his five-year-old daughter. And after, his, after sharing, his daughter said, that is the nicest thing anyone has ever done for me. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. And the Lord is pulling on a string and saying, is the gospel inside you so simple that if you shared it with your five-year-old granddaughter, if you shared it with your five-year-old nephew or niece, your son, is it so simple and childlike and real and pure that they would get it? And their response would be, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. And the Holy Spirit is just, I want that gospel in you. grow that gospel in us. And I'd like you to just meditate on with thankfulness of where your life is now that you've experienced his love, the gospel. I want you to think about your life. Try to grab a glimpse Jimmy, like Jimmy Stewart and It's a Wonderful Life, you came to a, a crossroads in your life and had you not responded to the gospel, had the gospel not intercepted you, had light not shined down on you, had you not been pulled out, grabbed out of darkness and into light, where would your life be? If you could get a glimpse of where it would be without him, Would the gospel grow in me if I could get, catch that glimpse? Would I be sharing my faith more often? So we're just going to go into song for a minute, and I want you to ask the Lord to I just like things to grow in you. What are you grateful for? When I came to him, I was a lonely 17-year-old kid lost, starting to experiment with the things of the world. And he intercepted me. And he set me into a family. Psalm says he sets the lonely into families. And he put me in a family with Lindy's family and he began to encourage me in every one of the things I thought I missed out on as a kid, he began to replace in my life and give me twice what I ever thought I missed. Oh, let the gospel grow in me. Oh, let us be thankful for we were accepted by life.
we were caught by the light. Oh, let the gospel grow in me. Let me be thankful for the light. Let me come as a child who says that's the nicest thing anyone's done for me. gospel grow in me that's the nicest thing anyone's done for me oh I'm grateful oh I'm thankful oh I'm thankful for the light oh I'm thankful for the light The gospel grow in me. The gospel grow in me. Oh, I climb my ear to him. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Let the gospel grow in me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. You know, we're inheriting something so beautiful. In Ephesians 1.18, as I said, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you may know the hope. And y'all are welcome to keep playing. I pray the eyes of your heart would be enlightened in order that you might know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people that we have an inheritance he said I'm, it's good that I'm going away and the Holy Spirit's going to come and I'm going to go and prepare a place for you you have an inheritance and you know he's inheriting you but you're inheriting him in 1 Corinthians it says when we get to heaven we'll be fully known and will fully know all things. Isn't that amazing? You can be married and surrounded by friends in this life, but maybe still not be totally fully known. Can you imagine walking into the kingdom of light? and being fully known and knowing him fully you're walking into an inheritance he wants the gospel to grow in us my day job is a financial planner I work with people's money and around inheritance and some of those are lots of money and the Holy Spirit's like I don't ever want you to be jealous look at the inheritance that's eternal that you have you have so much we have so much this theme of light keeps coming up in Matthew 5 you are the light of the world. You're the light. He's whispering in my ear. He's pulling on that string. Will you walk into a room and remember you are the light of the world? When you're in a business meeting, will you remember you are the light? You're the light of the world. The Holy Spirit in you is the light of the world. And we have an enemy. It's an enemy of darkness. In 2 Corinthians 4.4, it talks about the God of this age, the enemy of our souls, the devil. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they can't see 
the light. His light has been shed abroad in our hearts. Light pierces the darkness. Light is so powerful. A flash light pierces the darkness. We don't have flash darks that pierce the light. They don't exist. There are no flash darks. You are the light. The light theme keeps coming up. Isaiah 60. God's calling us to something bigger than just souls. You'd think his last words would be super important. Matthew 28. Go into all the world. Make disciples of nations. In Isaiah 60, rise up. This is in the Passion Translation. Rise up in splendor and be radiant. There's light again. For your light has dawned and Yahweh's glory now streams from you. You're saying, Pastor, I don't feel like light streaming from me. We get to believe the Word of God or our circumstances. We get to believe the Word of God or what we feel. My feelings can fail me, but the Word of God never will. I can begin to proclaim and believe the Word of God until my feelings and my facts line up. Rise up in splendor and be radiant for your light has dawned and Yahweh's glory now streams from you. Do you catch what's happening there? Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Rise up. And as I face to face with the King I love, as we learn to live in heavenly realms, seated in heavenly places, His presence in the Hebrew is the same as face to face. Those words are the same. As I behold His glory face to face, He says, I'll stream through you. I'll touch the nations through you. And Yahweh's glory now streams from you. Look carefully. Darkness blankets the earth and thick clouds cover the nations. We could probably say amen to that. But Yahweh arises upon you and the brightness of his glory appears over you and nations will be attracted to your radiant light, the kings to the sunrise glory of your new day. Amen. I want the gospel to grow in you. And he's just reminding me of things to be thankful for, that he's snatched me out of darkness and into light and given me glimpses of where our lives might have been without him. And through gratitude, this grace is growing. And then the reality that we've been called into a kingdom of light And those that are separated from him that don't know him are destined to a place of separation without hope, without life, without love of darkness. And we, as the realities of those two kingdoms grow in our heart, we're compelled as we're sitting on a plane to just take the courage to say hey are are you a Jesus follower 
not, not about our church, not about my pastor, not about a book I read or my denomination. It's just Jesus. Are you a follower of Jesus? And it opens up a discussion. And as the gospel grows in me, everyone wants a king like Jesus. And if as Jesus is formed in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory, as he is formed in us, and in Christ's life and his countenance shines through us, we'll begin to win souls. And we're going to do some more training around that and how to make that less scary. But I want him to be formed in us and him to grow in us. The gospel is so simple. It's almost on every page if you because you see what you're looking for. I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. I'm so glad Jesus took my sins away. It's a simple story that a five-year-old can understand. That Adam and Eve were in a garden, in love, every need met. The temperature was just right. They had access to a father who came and walked with them in the cool of the day. That was plan A. But God doesn't want robots or automatons. He doesn't want forced obedience. So he placed a tree in the middle of the garden with nothing guarding it and no fence and no moat. And Adam and Eve were given a choice and the serpent came and convinced them that God was hiding something from them. He didn't want their best and they believed the lie. Could it be that every problem in our life stems back to a place where we believed a lie? They believed a lie in their life of free choice. God called it sin. And he established a foundation that the wages of sin is death. And we all have that in common in humanity. We all have that in common. So God was forced into this dilemma. I love my kids. It's my will that all men should be saved. But he's also caught in his words. He's not a man that he would lie, that all who sin fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. This dilemma that I love them and I want them all saved, this dilemma that death, sin causes separation from me. So he went on a treasure hunt and he went after you and me. He went on a treasure hunt after you. And he sent his son, Jesus, to, to pursue you. And you can recall the days when he whispered in your ear. You can recall the days when he made circumstances in such that it drew you that way. I can recall as a 17-year-old kid walking into a little hippie church in Colorado Springs, no one inviting me. Why am I here? And every Sunday night I'd leave that summer of my junior year, I would find myself crying as the Holy Spirit would be 
pulling that string, warming my heart. There's truth here. This is what you're looking for. Come as a child. It's so simple, a five-year-old can understand it. Somehow, by God's grace, the God of this age who blinds the minds of unbelievers and 17-year-old hippie kids in Colorado, somehow, light came through and truth burst through. And a little kid, a young man, scared and lonely on the back row, said yes too scared to tell anyone else but there was a seed inside that began to grow in Romans 8 it says you cry out Abba Daddy Father somehow without losing his majesty he became a loving father And from even those early days, I knew I was his own. And I was set in a family. And I was part. Light shined through. It's a simple story. That God became cursed for us. That God willingly got on a tree and said, I'll be the payment for their sins. I'll be the death that they owe. You see, we owed a debt we couldn't pay and he paid a debt he didn't owe. And he got on a cross for you and me. And he watched his own son. I had a great, you know, he used that figure because we love our kids and our grandkids more than we love life itself or our own. And he said, I'll use that. They'll get that. They'll understand that. He's pursuing us with his love. He says, I want the gospel to grow in you. And I want it to just be so real in you, like a childlike faith that, that you become winners of souls. And I'll teach you in the future what it's like to disciple a nation because that's your call. That's what I think of you. That's how big you are. That's the purpose of your life. You can't see it. I just want the gratitude of what I've done for you to be rising to the surface of your hearts and to grow in you. The reality that you've been called out of darkness and into light. And on your own, you weren't on a great path but you've been snatched into a better way. He's got a better plan and a better future. He's got an inheritance for you. called us to be childlike to be people of faith he calls you sons of the day and daughters of light he calls you holy he calls you my beloved
He says, I knew you before the foundation of the world. I loved you when you were in your mother's womb. And there's not a day in your life that he's been unaware or not seen. And on your darkest moment, on your most shameful act, he was there and he loved you no less. And he sent what was most beloved of him to pursue you. He says, I want to know you. I want to commune with you. I want to wrap my arms around you. I want you to know you're loved and known and forgiven. I want to call you son. I want to call you daughter. I want to call you blameless. I want to call you child of God. Vanessa, is there a song that might work right here? That's why she gets paid the big bucks. <laughs> sons of day, daughters of light. Sons of day, daughters of light. Sons of day, daughters of light. We rise and shine.
sense a beautiful spirit in the place. I'd like you to, if you would, stand. I'd like us all to say the sinner's prayer together. We'll get used to saying that and sharing that and praying that. I know that most, if not possibly all are believers, but let's say the sinner's prayer together. As I'm saying the sinner's prayer, I'm wondering what is the sinner's prayer? Because <laughs> it's always different coming out of our mouths. But just repeat after me, I need you, Jesus. Thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I put my total trust in you. Lift up a song of praise with me. Let's just end the service with a new song of praise. Oh, a new song of worship. A new song of thanks. Oh, a new song of grace. We lift up our voices. And we sing hallelujah. God who saves, God of all, you are the God who saves, you are the God of redemption, you are the mighty one, worthy one, the holy one, we lift our voice. We lift the song of praise. We sing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lift our voices. We sing hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We come as children to your throne. We sing hallelujah. Hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We love you. Is there anyone who prayed that prayer for the very first time in their life? Could I see your hand just go boldly up? Oh, there we go. Yeah, awesome. Young, young, young girl. How old, how old is she? She's seven years old and she prayed that prayer. It needs to be simple for a child. For a child to say, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. Amen. Anyone else? God will take that seed and grow it in our midst. Amen. When Bill Johnson came to Bethel, the first, their first meeting, one person appeared to be receiving his grace, his presence, 
the kingdom. And Bill and Benny said, it started with one. Amen. It just takes one. Yes. Well, you all are awesome. Thanks for letting us be gracious to try something new and do that. And Blake, if you'll come. You all are great. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.